Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. A woman was listening. She was in her church and she was, uh, she was sitting in a service where they had a guest minister. And this guest minister preached and at the end of the preaching, the pastor was going to receive an offering for him. And this was a single mom and uh, she did not have very much to give. And the Spirit of God spoke to her and said, I want you to give him $1,000. Now see, now she can have faith because she heard. Now she can have faith for $1,000, right? She said to God, she said, I don't have $1,000 right now, but since you said that to me, she wrote it down on an envelope and she put that in the offering and said, I commit within 30 days, I will send you $1,000. You say, how did she know she'd have $1,000 within 30 days? The same one who told her to give $1,000, no doubt bore witness with her. She didn't decide it. I guarantee you she didn't decide it. I guarantee you her spirit knew. And so what did she do? She wrote that down. She put that in the offering. Then she went home that night and she said, God, she said, you told me to give a thousand. I believe you for that thousand. Where is it? What do I need to do? Look at what do I need to do? Not thank you for a thousand. 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 What do I need to do? Remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus spoke to him and uh, Jesus said, it's, it's, uh, you make it hard on yourself kicking against the pricks. You make it hard for yourself. And then he said, what must I do, Lord? He was a doer. His first thought is, I have something to do in this. And he told him, go to, he said, go there and I will speak to you later. So notice the mentality of faith people is what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Go as far as you can go without committing yourself financially. You don't go order something. I've heard people, faith people, faith people go and order. A pastor was telling me one had gone and ordered this big uh, van and had it completely custom and didn't have a dime for it because he thought he was in faith. And the company called and says, you need to come down and get this and buy it, you know, finish off this financial thing. And he had no money because you can't do that if you haven't heard. See, that was the problem. You can decide, but deciding is not hearing. Deciding is not hearing. Deciding is not hearing. But once you've heard, you better decide to agree. Because some have heard and still are not agreeing. How do I know we're not agreeing? We're not acting. Agreement is acting. Praise the Lord. So this woman says, what do I need to do? So what is she doing? She goes to the place, the first step, she goes back to hearing. She heard she needs to give a thousand. This is where many would miss it. They think they're done hearing. I heard God said, give a thousand. How are you going to do that? You need to hear that. 
What is your next step? You need to hear that. God's, so she's, she's, she needs to hear completely. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of his mind, the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove where the word is discern, that you may discern what is the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is complete. Complete. You can't just hear one thing God said and think you're at the perfect. You got to hear completely everything he's saying regarding that. She heard one thing, give a thousand dollars. That's not complete. She does not have the complete picture. Although he said there's something more he needs to say, but she needs to seek him on it. This is why people don't hear all because they don't seek. Are you with me? Because you're awfully quiet. You better not be tired. (laughs) So she sought God. Faith people think, faith means I already know victory's mine. I don't have to seek him. You're wrong. You're wrong. Faith seeks God. Well, by, by his, you know, by his stripes, I know I'm healed. I don't need to seek God about healing. You might not need to seek God about healing because it does belong to you, but you may need to seek him for the wisdom you lack about that healing. So she sought God why she did not know what is her next step. See, just putting that pledge in the offering was not the totality of her faith. So she went home. She said, God, what do I need to do? And while she was seeking him, she heard more. See, God speaks to us, not the whole thing. He speaks to us one directive. Once we obey that, then he gives the next directive. And then we obey that. He gives us the next directive. And people obey one and think they're done in their obedience. They obey the first thing that he said. But if this woman would have stopped at that, she would have failed on her commitment. So she's praying, she's talking to God, and he reminds her of these barrettes that she had made as Christmas gifts for her friends and her family members. And God said to her, make more of those. So she bought the supplies and she would de- she'd get these basic supplies. She would buy all these decorative things and she would put these ornaments on them. And she called a friend of hers that had a boutique downtown and said on Saturday, can I come in and bring a supply of barrettes to offer in your boutique? She said, sure you can. So she made the barrettes on Saturday. She goes down, she sets up a table. And she's there about 30 minutes. Different people are walking by and looking at her table. But uh, after about 30 minutes of being there, a woman walks up and there's about 25, 30 barrettes, styles, different ones she's made. And this woman picks up one. And, you know, usually when people are shopping, you know, they look and they might pick up one or two and look. But this woman went right down the row and picked up every single one of them, inspected every single one of them. When she got to the end of the of the one she had made, she said to the little gal, she said, did you make these? She said, yes, ma'am, I did. And she said, I will take 50,000 of them. She was a buyer for a, a high end department store. 
So now she not only had her thousand dollars, now she had a career. She had an ongoing business that was started out of that. Why? Because she heard. She sought God. And this is where a lot of people miss it. They just hear God say, I have this for you. I have that for you. And they confess it. And that's it. You got to seek God. What is your next step? Quit looking that somebody is going to drop something into your hand. You got no verse telling you that that's the way it's going to happen. And this is where so many, they see things happen for preachers. They hear preachers' testimonies. But that's not the only way preachers get blessed. And listen, people will give to preachers more often than, and I'm saying generally, because we're visible. They hear from us. God has ordained that through our preaching, we're blessed too. And God has ordained that through what he's called you to do, that you're blessed through that avenue. But you can't see how God blesses a preacher and decide that's how God's going to bless you. He's going to bless you while you're obedient to your call and he will bless you through the avenue associated with what you're to do. And I think a lot of Christians sit and hear the testimonies of preachers and it's not that the preachers are wrong in telling it, but people hear it one way. Anybody ever thought, anybody guilty of this? I mean, has anybody ever had this thought? I'm just going to confess it in. I've seen it work for this preacher and that preacher. Yes, but that's associated with their call and the avenues God uses with them. But I guarantee you, most, a lot of what I get is just not people walking up and handing me stuff. They didn't just walk up and hand me the castle. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So when God says something is yours, you need to further hear, okay, what do I need to do? And if you don't hear him say anything, then just do what you know. Do what you know. Do what you have peace about. Don't just sit back and say, I'm waiting for him to tell me. I'm waiting for him to tell me. We are led by, by red lights, not green lights. Meaning you just keep going and going and going till he stops you. When you get out here and you, if you drive back out of your driveway, you don't wait for a green light to back out. Right? You just back out. And you know what? You see, you see lights down the road, you see green, you keep going. You don't stop and say, wait a minute, I'm waiting for this green light to tell me I can go. No, it's green, go. How many times that's so frustrating? Somebody stops at a green light or they slow down and it's like, come on, baby. Be the boss of that thing. Why are you slowing down at a green light? Who wants to ride with you? Green lights, go. I say that in total patience, right? So when you're driving, green lights don't stop you. You don't sit and wait. I'm waiting for this green light to tell me to go. It told you go, go. Right? What stops us? Red lights. It's the same thing. People sitting back doing nothing, waiting for God to tell them something. Just keep going. And if, if, you're, if, you're, if you start going the wrong direction, a red light will come up. He will, he will caution you. He will let you know. But many times people are just sitting and confessing, waiting for the green lights of go. Act. Act as far as you have peace. 
Once you don't have peace, peace, the lack of peace is your red light. Amen. Faith people should be people of action. That if you were around my husband, he was constantly doing, he, he drug us through the dirt with his doing. Why? Because we were not keeping pace. I mean, he just, come on, we're going. And he didn't wait for you to get your feet under you. He just dragged you. Come on, we're going. And that's the, one of the prime examples we had of faith, that faith is a doer. But he didn't just do mindlessly trying to force the hand of God. He did things because he heard and because he built it into him through meditation. Amen. Hallelujah. When Jesus turned the water into wine, we know that passage. Notice what Mary gave an instruction to those around Jesus. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Meaning this, she put a demand on him to say something because she brought a need to him. When you bring your need to him, that's putting a demand on him to say something to you. And whatever he says to you, do it. Notice, he was not going to turn that water into wine apart from them. It was going to include their doing. God is not going to meet your need apart from you doing something. And many people think that confession is all they have to do. What if those servants, well, I confess that there's wine in that pot. That don't work. That doesn't work. Why? He, He was giving them something to do. Once they did what he said, now their confession can work. When he walks up and says, now take this and you take that and you draw that out and give that to the ruler of the feast. Now what he said works because somebody did something. People think it's all God's doing. You have a part to play. We are co-laborers with God. Your miracle requires your action. He's not going to leave you out of the doing side of your miracle. He's going to involve you in the doing of your miracle. He's the miracle worker, but he's going to give you a role in it. And if all you think is your confession is your total role, you will not arrive. Confession is so you'll know what to do. Praise the Lord. Now, Sister Amy Simple McPherson, you've heard her testimony told around here that when God told her to build Angela's temple, she said of her own admission that she only intended to have a small, just simple building. But as she started, the plan started unfolding and it got bigger and bigger and more elaborate and more involved. And within two years, she paid cash for that. Started in 1921. By 1923, it was completely paid for and finished. Why? Because she kept acting. She took, she had $5,000 to begin with. And she took that to the contractor and said, what will $5,000 build me? He said, that will dig the hole. She said, you dig the hole. God will fill it up. She would never have built that building if she waited for all the money to come before she started digging. Many of you are, you're missing it because you're waiting for things to show up before you believe God's word is enough. If you will start making movement toward what God said, instead of reasoning it out, calculating him down. What did he say? Just do what he said. Well, he said he has a house for me, but I don't have the money. Did he say anything to you that you had to have the money? Or did he say he has a house for you? If he has a house for you, go looking for your house and quit telling him why you can't have it. 
Your reasoning will keep you living in the wrong place a long time. Paying another man's mortgage, making him rich. Praise the Lord. I'm talking to those of you who God has told you there's a house for you. If he's got to tell us more than once, guess what? We're behind. God has said to me now about three times recently about the castle. Why? Because I'm behind. I'm behind, but I'm going to catch up. Well, the same thing with you. You need to pay attention. If he's having to say something to you more than once, you're behind. If people are calling you out and ministering to you about it more than once, you're behind. Don't be, don't feel congratulated because you got spoken to. That's a a ringy dingy. You're behind. (laughs) I'm trying to get to the, to the real meat of what I'm trying to go to here. God told us pay off the building. We're behind. You want to know why we're behind? Because some have, we, some of us, if we're not careful, get them in time. We're just going to confess some money and we're going to confess some money and we're going to confess some money and somebody's going to come pay it off. I would, if God wants to send someone to pay it off, that's fine. But I got no verse and God hadn't said that God, somebody's going to come pay it off. And why would I want somebody else to have my blessing? Why would I pass that to a rich man when God's trying to make me richer? Father, I thank you. You're just going to pay off the building. Thank you. You're going to pay off the building. That won't get the building paid off because faith does something. Amen. Amen. I love something. There's a a pastor that they have, at this point, they were 10 years old. They had built three buildings and paid cash as they went, paid cash as they went. And he would just say, okay, we have this, this, this phase of the building project we're doing. We need to pay that off by the next, in the next two months. And he says, we're all going to do it. And this, I, I love something that God said to him. He said, uh, God told him it's important that the people grow in faith for it's not about the building, but it's about where the congregation is headed. And he told the congregation, do not take any money out of your savings. Do not take any money out of your 401k. You believe God for over and above, over and above what you're making. And he said, I don't know how many people, I forgot the number he told me. It was like six people got handed businesses. They didn't buy them. Somebody turned their businesses over to them. Why? Because they weren't waiting for the money to walk in. They were looking, what do they put their hand to? And God gave businesses, just somebody that just said, I'm done with this. And they handed it to six. It was like six of his congregation members got handed businesses. Others started businesses. Why? Because they weren't waiting for somebody to just mail the money in. We're confessing the money in. They put their hand to something. God blesses what you set your hand to. And this is where a lot of people don't give the faith message a good name because they just easy. Just, I want to do nothing. And it's, it's, it's a form of laziness. Praise the Lord. Well, God has told us, pay off the building. Ed went home to be with the Lord on a Friday. On Sunday, God said to me, pay off the building. It's been, what, not, not quite nine years now, right? Nine? Almost nine. Almost nine years. We're behind. 
Why? Because it's not enough to say thank you for paying off the building without looking to how he's going to use us to do that. We have to actively put our faith. What am I believing for? For the building. And so this is what this pastor did. He said, every week you be believing for something. What are you believing every week for over and above what you need to function? He says, I'm not trying to take any money away from your family. God's not trying to take money away from what you need. What is he telling you to do? What are you believing for? We can't say we're believing if we're not hearing and meditating because there is no believing without hearing and meditating. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Acts chapter 11. Are you still with me? I haven't gotten to some of the verses I want to get to, but we'll get there. Stay with me. We'll go fast. Okay. Acts 11 verse 27. And I'm going to read out of the amplified translation. Acts 11 verse 27. And during these days, prophets, inspired teachers and interpreters of the divine will and purpose came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. And this did occur during the reign of Claudius. So the disciples, look at verse 29. They heard what? They heard by the Spirit there's going to be a famine. Look at verse 29. So the disciples resolved to send relief. The disciples resolved to send relief. It didn't say the disciples confessed. Father, we just add our faith to theirs. We just confess all their needs supplied. When they heard, they did. When they heard, they did. And if we're not careful, we think confession is the totality of doing. I am not diminishing confession, but it will never take the place of doing. So the disciples resolved to send relief each according to his own ability in proportion as he had prospered to the brethren who lived in Judah. And so they did sending their contributions to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. That's what I want you to see when God says something, man has now been called to action. And some of you are not coming into all God has for you. And on the inside, I'm stirred for you. I'm not upset. I'm stirred for you. Don't keep doing without paying another man's mortgage, paying another man's bills. When God has already said something to you because you're trying to confess in all the money you need. Hear from him what to do. And if you don't hear, just start doing until he tells you not that direction. I've learned this. If I'm needing direction and he's, I'm not hearing him say anything, evidently I already know it. And I'm waiting for him to tell me what I already know. So I just check in here. What do I just know? What do I know would be pleasing to God? What do I know would be right? What do I have peace about going ahead and doing? I don't have to hear a voice. Amen. Now... I want to go, uh, time's sake, Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. This is one of the things that, verses I wanted to get to because I'm not so sure faith people camp on this verse much. Acts chapter seven and verse seven. 
Now know this, look at this, look at me. We know in Hebrews, it tells us that God is a rewarder. Of who? He's not a rewarder of everyone. He is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. There's rewards that can only come that way. Seeking him. There are rewards that are only received that way. So Matthew chapter seven and verse seven. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Notice how certain, how firm the outcome of someone who asks, seek, knock. It is so certain in what they'll receive. The Amplified Classic, let me read it to you. It says, keep on asking and it shall be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking and he who keeps on seeking finds and to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. Notice this phrase, keep on, keep on. Now the thing is in unbelief, people will do that the wrong way. They'll keep asking for what he's already said is theirs. That's not what he's talking about. Just like the woman with the barrettes, she heard, but once she heard, she didn't stop hearing. She kept seeking. And as she sought him further, she got further clarity. This is where we're missing it. We hear one thing and we stop. We think we got it all. You've got to keep on seeking is what not to seek to hear what he's already said, but what additionally would he say? Once I have obeyed what he's already said, I have to go back to him and receive further directive from him. Amen. And faith people get this idea. Well, I don't have to seek because I already know what belongs to me in Christ. Yes, but you have to seek wisdom that you may lack on your part of what already belongs to you in Christ. For example, when my husband and he was, I believe, 58 years old, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer and they said, you'll be dead in two years, what they told him. And um, he went home. He knew that healing was his, right? Because it belongs to us. Now, this is where a lot of people do. They say, well, I know healing belongs to me and they're done. They just start confessing, confessing, confessing. But Ed didn't do that. He went home. And because he knew healing belonged to him, then he started seeking. And he said, God, you don't miss it. I missed it. Where did I miss it? And within 10 minutes, God had told him where he missed it. He made the corrections, the corrections inside. Once you make the inside corrections, God, God, God takes you at your word and gives you credit. And he says, okay, in 28 days, you'll be healed. He said, within 30 days, you'll be healed. On day 28, he went back and it was all gone. Colossians tells us that Jesus spoiled, defeated, and stripped Satan in his total conquest and victory over him. The timeless truths in this book answer it, reveal how to answer every opposition, and the steps to take to exit times of testing. 
Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.